Bob Dudley has had and still has a fascinating career for a decade. He headed up BP, British Petroleum, as CEO and now is the chair of the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative, which is a fascinating organization. The more I read about it, the more intriguing it is because every major player in the oil and gas industry is a member. Bob Dudley joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. So what's the history of this? I, I must confess I don't know the organization. Well, it was formed before the Paris Agreement. The industry got together. The 12 of the largest oil and gas companies in the world produce about 30% of the oil and gas, got together and said, you know, we need to understand this better, and let's try to work together, not just compete. And so uh, it's national oil companies, European and American oil companies. Um, it's got Aramco, Petrobras, Exxon, Chevron, Oxy, BP, Total, Shell, Equinor, like I said, uh, every Repsol, major player there is. <laughs> Even Chinese companies, CNPC. So we got together and we said, we've got we've to try to be leaders in climate initiative. And we set collective targets to reduce starting out with the natural gas that leaks. And we brought down the leakage of the companies together, 40% in total. Took about a year just to get the same language and how you even calculate this stuff. They work together. It's CEO-led. So the CEOs get together and meet three, four times a year. I chair that. I was doing that when I was with BP as well. And then after I retired, they asked me to stay on. Right. The pandemic came. And then we pulled together a billion-dollar fund to invest in clean technologies, primarily about methane detection leak. And, and there's going to be nowhere to hide with leaking methane. So we've got investments in satellite companies, drones, and all kinds of detection CCUS, where you sequester the carbon, invested in a company that makes cement. 8% of the CO2 in the world comes off for curing cement. Most people don't realize right. that. And it sequesters the CO2. Um, and then we've done such a good job, I think, with that. that and, and you can imagine with 12 companies that do diligence, everybody says, gosh, if you can get through that hurdle, um, we'd like to invest money with you because we know you'll make pretty good decisions on this. And so we're going to start another fund here very shortly with other people investing with us. So this is a for-profit organization? It's a for-profit organization, but the other metric we use is carbon impact. So we're not going to invest in anything that doesn't actually reduce carbon. Uh, so we've got the two metrics of for-profit, get the return back to the companies. But we take these companies that are just dying to come in and work with the big energy companies. They don't know how to crack into the big systems inside a lot of these companies. So we open the doors, and we, it's like a big playground for them to pilot and test and sell and sell their products inside these companies, which will, you know, I think help their futures as well. So there's a lot of technology involved in this. I would imagine there are a bunch of engineers as we speak working on, on new techniques. Are these yours, or are you calling from all the different members of, of the organization? Well, these, these investments in technologies are coming from small startups around the world. So existing companies, so, well, yeah, would, would or be exist companies. Yeah, startups or companies. And then we, we you know, might make a $20 million investment in a small company, have people on the board, help them, help them grow their companies and have them hopefully grow. And then they IPO them. They're, they're on their own. Um, but... All of it has to be in the name of trying to reduce emissions yeah. and make fuels cleaner. So there's no real end game. I mean, this is this will go on in perpetuity. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. And 
you know, most I don't think there's another industry in the world that now communicates and cooperates more than the oil and gas industry, the energy industries. I mean, these CEOs get together, we co-invest. Of course, we fiercely compete. Got to watch out for antitrust things. But now we're all working and driving in the same direction. Well, but in, 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 in many cases, politically, you couldn't keep all these people in the same room. It's amazing that you can cooperate with this great number of CEOs. Yes, yes. Many of them will be coming to Houston for Sarah Week uh, in, in early March. So they, they come and we meet. Uh, we'll meet there as well around these big industry conferences. So tell me about the spinoff, the, the next leg of this that you're working on right now. Well, this one that... Um, there's a company uh, called GHG Sat, a Canadian company that does satellites and looks and measures methane, natural gas leakages all around the world. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know that will become a service. I mean, I think it'll come. It'll be like the weather reports coming down the road of where there's methane and leakages. That's why I say that there will be nowhere to hide on this going forward. And that company will have not only be able to measure CO2. But it will also, there's a lot of CO2 that comes out of uh, uh, agriculture, for example. So it's not just oil and gas. It's, it's everything. And, and, and as you mentioned, cement, which is, which is fascinating. Cement, mm-hmm. And it helps regulators. You know, so we're in favor of good, sensible regulation. And regulators will be able to measure this and watch it. And then everyone will have to clean up their activities. So you've been, you've been away from BP for couple of three years now mm-hmm. um this has been a wild two or three years it, to, to be away from your industry <laughs> or directly anyway it's uh, it has been you know what a change for the world and 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 long-lasting changes in some cases aren't they long-lasting and i think you know there was lots of pressure on western companies big companies to not invest and get financing for investing in oil and gas and a lot of what they were doing and then so there was a a crisis coming of lack of investment in the industry, and then when the Russian invasion of Ukraine happened, that that really accelerated, yeah. you know, the issues that we have. Um, yep, uh, the, the the term energy independence probably has occurred to the Germans on more than one <laughs> occasion, I would think, because of that. <laughs> right, you know, it was all about uh, cheap. Cheap energy that was clean. That was the, the mantra. But now the third one is, of course, cheap, clean, but secure and reliable. And we've learned that, uh, as Ken Hirsch was giving a great talk in there about how the world went down the path of, well, he said the example was when you, you don't know the value of your insurance until you have a problem. Yeah. And he said that's what's happened because we outsourced so much, supply chains got down to just in time. And then when this invasion happened, now everybody realized we need energy. Yep, absolutely. Back up, back up. I lo- you're, you're, you're a fascinating gentleman. I look forward to our <laughs> next conversation. You come back with us? Sure, absolutely. All right, well, we'll do it. Bob Dudley is the uh, former CEO of BP and, of course, chair of the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.